Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast on surviving your 20s. How's your week been? It's been good. It's been really busy, actually. Um, people who have listened before will obviously know our friend Becky. And Becky and her boyfriend James were here visiting last weekend, which was so, so nice. Like, it was so lovely to kind of see a friendly face from home and, yeah, spend some time with them. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And, of course, I got to Skype you guys as well. So it's like a four-way Skype, which oh, I'm just was... impressed we managed to do. It was just so lovely. Becky bought us all... Um calendars for Christmas that she had personalised with images of the four of us on there so we all opened them at the same time and went through them and it was so funny I just thought it was such a thoughtful gift yeah it's really lovely I've got it hanging here right next to me on the wall and it's just (laughs) oh all the memories looking at those photos of us and back in 2012 look how fresh-faced we are (laughs) I mean I had a moon face and no eyebrows so I don't know if I'd call that fresh-faced but anyway Oh God! Although I did, um, I realised that I left the calendar out on the table uh, after we'd done that, and I was like, Oh God! And I'd left it open on my uh, my uh, birthday page, and obviously there's some <laughs> less than flattering photos on that page, so my housemates will have seen that. So that's good. <laughs> well, at least they know the true you now. Oh yeah, I don't know if they needed to know though, to be honest. <laughs> this sounds all sounds very suspect, but no, it's really not that bad. Um, but no, we just we spent time kind of being a tourist in Melbourne and kind of showing them around and um, we actually went to see a cricket match which was a lot of fun I was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did but it was like t20 so it was much faster cricket than like usual test cricket and it was it was awesome like it was so so fun definitely want to go back again um, so yeah and I'm on week three of the new job as well so exciting all, yeah all going well it's there's so many events though and it's honestly exhausting it's made me feel a bit like I'm a grandma (laughs) it is it's just like they just have an event for everything and it's exhausting already I'm only on week three I'm hoping I'm just out of practice and then I'll get back into it again but you'll be fine it was so lovely though seeing the four of you guys together like it's just so nice to see you reunited and the fact that Becky bought you a giant tub of Marmite I felt much happier about the situation oh my god Becky bought me a giant tub of Marmite and she also sent me a delivery from Charlotte which involved (laughs) what eight bags of Percy pigs I've had in fact I have a picture that I've not shared which I keep meaning to because I'm like get yourself a friend who's when when you ask for Percy pigs is going to send you eight different varieties (laughs) of Percy pigs you said plenty of Percy pigs I sent you plenty of Percy pigs I didn't even know there was eight different ones that existed like Percy pigs pigtails and Percy pig goes globe trotting well I thought I had to get you the globe trotter ones I think there are more than eight because I've seen them like around but it got to a point where I thought this is getting a little bit excessive I did send you the Christmas special ones too so if you can report back on the peppermint and strawberry Colin caterpillars I'd be very grateful yeah I've not actually opened those ones yet because um trying to have some self-control and not (laughs) eat them all in one go but um although I did use the um um the Percy pig bag that Becky bought and uh I've had a lot of compliments on that in the street so I almost bought you one of those to send it out in but I saw the bag after I'd already sent Becky like the next set of Percy pigs I was like it won't arrive in time so I'm very pleased that she managed to source one and send it to you because we hadn't even discussed that we're just so on the same wavelength so in sync it's unbelievable (laughs) (laughs) if anyone isn't from the UK and doesn't know what a Percy pig is because I realise that they are only sold in the UK um it's like a 
It's like a... Um, like a foamy, chewy, yeah. sweet. It's like a nice but... Haribo. My favourite thing about Percy Pigs is that they're vegetarian. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And the vegan... I actually prefer the vegan ones because I think they're chewier. Hold on, which ones are vegan? I didn't realise they were vegan ones. You sent me vegan ones. The ones with the green ears instead of the pink ears. I think they're the original veggie, aren't they? Maybe they're vegan as well. We all know what I'm doing tomorrow when I pass Marks and Spencer. Pretty sure they're vegan. Vegan Percy's. I will be researching this and I will report back. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, um, that's enough Percy Pig chat because we are not sponsored <laughs> by Percy Pig. However. Although I wish we were. <laughs> I'd love to be sponsored by Percy Pig. I think that's a conflict of interest for me, though. I don't think I'd be allowed to. Yeah, I don't know if that would uh, sit right. But anyway, um, how are you? What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Um, Honestly, not a lot because it's January. And January just for me tends to be a bit quieter. But it's been quite nice having a few weekends at home. So if anyone at work's listening, they will be surprised it's taken me all this time to mention this. But I bought myself a slow cooker this week. Um, oh my god yeah I'm wild I know I'm absolutely wild so I bought myself a slow cooker um I haven't quite mastered the art of using it yet um because growing up we'd only ever use it to cook meat in it and of course I don't eat meat so yeah um, I think we were the same actually although on a similar exciting note I actually bought a rice cooker this week oh that is exciting I'm tempted (laughs) by a rice cooker but I just don't have the room for a slow cooker a rice cooker and a food processor and food processor processor is next on my list so but yeah that is literally as exciting as my life has been um but I have started doing maybe I mentioned this in the last episode actually I can't remember on Saturday nights it's sitting down and watching movies but watching them properly so that's quite nice so I'll turn off my phone turn off all the lights I get a snack and I just sit there for a couple of hours just watching the movie and it's so yeah that was one of your uh, resolutions that we spoke about in the last episode yes that was it I have mentioned it so I've been doing that and the film I watched last week is one of my recommendations so I'll come back to that in a little bit nice well on that note do we want to move on to this week's recommendations yes I think that'd be good should I kick it off with mine yeah go for it so my first one is a movie I watched last Saturday and it's called Second Act and it's a JLo movie and I love JLo I mean who doesn't love JLo she's flawless she's amazing (laughs) Um, and I love a JLo movie as well because they're a little bit cheesy it's not going to be the best movie you ever watch, but they're just lighthearted and lovely. And this is the one that she launched, I think it was last year, and it's now on Amazon Prime. And it's basically a story about how she's an assistant manager at a, like a supermarket. Um, and she goes for a promotion and doesn't get it because she hasn't been to college. And so her godson like fakes this entire profile and she gets hired by this amazingly huge company as a consultant. And she can do the job, but she hasn't got the qualifications to do the job. Um and there's a nice little twist in it. And it's just, it was just a really heartwarming, lovely movie. It's just what you need on a Saturday night, really. I have actually seen that movie. I do know what you're talking about. I did quite enjoy it as well. It was nice. It was better than I expected it to be. I thought it'd be a little bit too cheesy, but I actually really enjoyed it. Um, also, fun fact, we have both seen J-Lo Live. So... We have seen J-Lo Live, haven't we? Yeah, Trying for Change. When was that? 2013. Or 13, yeah. 13, because it's the summer of our first year, so it'd be 13. Oh, that was a long time ago. I would pay good money to see JLo live again because I've never seen someone as committed to moving throughout an entire performance as she was. Oh, yeah, she was epic. Oh, my like, God. Phenomenal. So, so good. And her special guest was Mary J. Blige. Just casually. <laughs> you know. You know. 
Just rung her up, see if she wanted to pop on stage. Amazing. Oh, it man. was amazing. Um, what's your first recommendation? Um, my first recommendation is um, a newsletter, actually. And if you follow We Are Travel Girls on Instagram, you'll know that one of um, the creators of that account, uh, Becky Van Dyke, um, so she has started a newsletter quite recently um, because she's kind of not moving away from that, but she's kind of branching out and trying to, she's looking to like provide more value to the people who subscribe to her blog and kind of look to her for inspiration and for information about uh, like Instagram and blogging and travel. And she has a newsletter called Four for the Weekend, and it goes out every weekend and it's just a really nice compact letter newsletter and it's one of the few that I will actually read from start to finish so she usually she lists four things the first one is usually a, like a book of the week or app of the week or a podcast of the week um, and then the second one she always does her hit and miss of the week so that's really interesting sometimes they're more personal sometimes they're like related to her business or her blog or, or to her travels that she's got up and coming and then her number three is always three must-read articles. And oh, they like are that. always so interesting. So the most recent one um, was um, more, more techie. It was like how Google killed the cookie and is leaving digital media. Um, oh, leaving digital media companies craving a new way forward. Ten important 2020 social media trends. Um, how to use tools to de determine which content to re-optimize. And then she's posted other ones, which one of them is actually going to be my recommendation in a second as well. But that successful goal setting was her one from last week, which obviously fits really well with uh, our last episode. It does. And another one which was also really interesting is where does social media and sustainability collide? Um, and then her number four is a quote that got her thinking that week. And it's just a really nice, compact, informative newsletter that I always actually really look forward to seeing in my inbox. Oh, I love that. I do like a newsletter. One I'm really loving is the, um, oh, what's it called? It's not called An Edited Life. It's by the Anna Edit, by Anna Newton. And her, her one is similar in that she calls out a couple of articles she's really liked. Um, she has like a theme she chats about and then she like highlights some of her articles that you might have missed from her blog and like her channel. And it's just that kind of newsletter where you read it and you think, this is actually of value to me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. They're always something really useful. And I've been saving a lot of them to Pocket to read. I love phone. Pocket. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm I so glad I've so converted you. I loved it so much. I almost midway through the week was like, oh, I should recommend this on the podcast. And then I realised the reason I was using it is because you recommended it to me last week. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God. Oh, dear. Um, what's your second recommendation? So the second recommendation is an article I read on The New Yorker called The Age of the Instagram Face. And actually, I think I might have taken this from Anna Newton's newsletter, which is nicely linked, isn't it? And it's basically about how social media, Facetune and plastic surgery created a single cyborgian look. But it was really, really interesting. I think whether you're someone who is on social media a lot, whether you're in the beauty industry or whether you're just anyone else it's a really interesting read I also sent it to Alex because there's a lot in here about plastic surgery and the doctors who carry out the plastic surgery and he found that really interesting and um the author of the article basically says that she went to LA with the hope of investigating what seems likely to be one of the oddest legacies of our rapidly expiring decade the gradual emergence among professionally beautiful women of a single cyborgian face and it's the idea that 
when you go onto Instagram now, any social media, but particularly Instagram, and you scroll through your feeds, there's a very certain type of look that is very popular and that a lot of people aim for. And um, it's basically how that then has an impact on what we look at and how that then kind of the algorithm picks that up because people engage with it more and it is that typically very pretty face but how actually in reality it isn't always achievable because most people don't look like that and even if you have a face that have elements of that prettiness so maybe have very high cheekbones or large eyes to combine all that into one face can look quite strange and kind of the ethical implications and the morality of very young women going for surgery and for Botox and all of these things to enhance their face and what is the long-term impact of that? Um, and it was a really, really interesting read. It definitely raised some questions for me um, because I think particularly things like fillers and Botox have become so normalised now. And yeah, I very much think that it's your face and it's your choice and do what you want. However, um it's always I do think there's always that difficult thing of like how much of it is a choice and how much of it is that subconscious pressure to look a certain way and to look better and yeah because I think the issue with it is when people are doing it and not admitting that they do it and then feeding that idea that that is normal oh I have a major issue with particularly influencers who promote skincare brands and say they're amazing but they have had a significant amount of work done yeah. Like, I don't care if you have the work done, just be honest about it, because my lips aren't going to look like that if I use the same lip balm as yours, because you've had lip fillers. I don't care that you've had lip fillers, but please be honest. So I thought this was really interesting. Um, I think 95% of the most followed people on Instagram use Facetune easily, Smith told me. And I would say that 95% of people have also had some sort of cosmetic procedure. You can see things getting trendy, like everyone's getting brow lifts via Botox now. 20 years ago, plastic surgery is a fairly dramatic intervention, expensive, invasive, permanent and often risky. But in 2002, the Food and Drug Administration approved Botox for the use in preventing wrinkles. A few years later, it was approved, it approved hyaluronic fillers um, such as Juvederm and Restylane, which I think most people listening have probably heard of one or the other, mm-hmm. which just goes to show how frequently they're used. Um, these procedures last for up to six months to a year and aren't nearly as expensive as surgery. And I think that just really highlights how accessible it has become. Um, accessible it's really become word. like part of like a consumer culture, isn't it? It's just another thing that you can buy and use for yourself. Definitely. Like, but it was a really interesting read. I would recommend it. It's definitely very thought provoking. Yeah. And I it, think well, it you sent it to up. me earlier in the week and it was really... It's kind of things that you just know that it's there. You see it on social media every day, but you don't really consider kind of what an overarching effect it's actually having on like an entire generation. Definitely, because I think so many people use apps like Facetune. I can hand on heart say I have never used Facetune um, for anything. And when it comes to editing photos, I think occasionally I've edited out of spot in a photo. But honestly, I probably haven't done that for over a year Um, because when I got my new phone, I didn't re-download Snapseed and that's what I would have used to do that. And I'm not saying I am some sort of perfect model person on the internet by any stretch of the imagination. But I think I didn't realise how prevalent the use of things like Facetune was because I didn't do it personally and it almost hadn't occurred to me to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, it was eye-opening for sure. And definitely, yeah, I definitely recommend giving it a read, particularly if you're thinking of having something done. 
but yeah what is your second recommendation um mine is also an article actually and it's it came out of the newsletter that i mentioned previously the four for the weekend um and i feel like it's very very relevant to so many things that we have discussed before um, and topics that we've discussed on the podcast as well um and it's called giving up can be good for us oh i like and, that um so it basically talks about how there's this kind of dialogue around success that you're fed from a child like don't give up like it's hard but don't give up that kind of thing but it says success is just as much about giving up on what's wrong as it is to committing what's right that's the part of the success story that nobody really talks about not what didn't pan out due to external factors but what you chose to walk away from what you realized you didn't want and what you decided you didn't have time for it takes grit to persevere but it takes courage to let go I think it's that's so relevant to like yeah. so many things that we've discussed before and it looks at how do you know when to let go and especially how do you let go of something that you once thought that you wanted how yes. do you walk away from a dream that you spent so much time and energy talking talking up sharing with others and working towards how do you find that within you how do you find within you the humility to admit that it isn't working and that you were wrong the biggest hurdle is not really the loss itself it's ego and it's fear we're attached because we are too ashamed to look silly stupid naive or weak and then it's the fear of what's next and i just thought it was so pertinent to us so many things we've discussed before things we've discussed with friends as well and just kind of that constant feeling of not knowing whether you've done the right thing all the way through your 20s and deciding what path you're going to take but the article kind of ends with saying what we've said a million times before but it's okay to change your mind it's okay to work hard at something and realize that it's not right for you it's okay to feel bad about this process it is not okay to allow your ego ego to stifle your potential and it's not okay to let fear dictate whether or not you can move on and it's just it's a really well written article that kind of verbalizes a lot of the things that we've spoken about in a very like concise and kind of what's the word um like identifiable way it's verbalized in a very identifiable way um definitely so, give that a read yeah and of course we'll link it as well but i think it's especially this time of year as well and deciding kind of maybe where you want to see yourself in a year's time and deciding if certain i don't know careers relationships are right for you this yeah it's a really interesting article I think it's so relevant as well because they're right you don't really talk about that side of things and how sometimes leaving the job or breaking up with someone or whatever it is is just what is actually right for you but you kind of perceive that as failure especially if you've worked or something for a long time I know that when I've left certain jobs I've definitely felt internally like oh god I've failed but externally people have been like oh that's that's really exciting and yeah, because I think, I think it's like there's a stigma around the loss of something rather than pro the progression of something, which yes, definitely, it, sh it shouldn't be that way because just because you lose something, it doesn't mean that that's a negative thing. Like definitely. it can still mean progress and moving forward. So I was talking to a friend the other day, and they said something kind of related to this that I thought was so insightful and so um, so kind of self-aware and something that's really important that we all bear in mind. And she was talking about when things don't like you do something and then you realise maybe it isn't the right thing for you. She said, I think you just kind of need to view it like you would with food. Like if you try a piece of food and you don't like it, 
you don't beat yourself up and think you failed because you know you don't like broccoli or whatever you just move on and try something else and that's it and I just thought god that's such a good way of looking at things because so often you might try something whether it's kind of a new career or a new sport or whatever it is and because you don't like it and don't enjoy it and it isn't for you you think you failed whereas in so many other circumstances in life it's just a fact and you move on and I just thought I need to think more like that yeah that's such a that's looking at change in such a positive positive way which I think actually leads on really well to our topic of this week because we've decided to talk about getting outside of your comfort zones yeah so this week we wanted to have a conversation about stepping outside your comfort zones because we both feel it's something that's really relevant particularly to this age where Uh, there's been a lot of change and you can all of a sudden start to feel quite stagnant and I think it's that thing of staying in motion and continuing to push yourself but when you talk about comfort zones sometimes that seems as though you only it only applies if they're really big life-changing things and actually there's loads of things every day you can do to step outside your comfort zone and that still kind of widen your horizons and just give you brand new experiences which is so much what life is about that sounds really cheesy um but I do think it's true yeah I think um I know I harp on about it on my Instagram all of the time about getting out comfort zones but I genuinely do think that it's such an important thing to push yourself to do because there's so like you said there's so so many experiences which are only going to happen if you accept that okay I might have to be uncomfortable for a little bit but then this is going to pay off with some sort of success or reward, whether that's meeting new people or a new opportunity at work or kind of some growth in relationships or like your family relationships. And I think just, I don't know, I feel like um, getting outside of your comfort zone really isn't celebrated enough and it really should be celebrated. I completely agree. I think it's something you can do in kind of, and I know we've spoken before about not needing external validation for everything you do, but I think sometimes you step outside your comfort zone and you do something so brave and there's, and no one kind of acknowledges it or sees it as something worth celebrating because it isn't one of those traditional kind of um, life milestones. But yeah. there's no reason why it shouldn't be celebrated because it's those little things you do that make such a difference. Yeah, but it doesn't even have to be, I mean, if you have someone like close to you who does notice it, that's like, that's amazing. And it does deserve to be celebrated. But even just recognizing, I feel like getting outside of your comfort zone is that moment when you, even for the smallest things, you realize that you are actually capable of something a bit more and it pushes you to be less scared to take steps like that in the future. It's almost like building up an immunity to taking those steps, which are kind of going to help you progress. Yeah, it's like building up muscles, isn't it, in the gym? Like, you can't do a sit-up once and think you're going to have a six-pack, but if you keep doing it, you'll see some results. And I think it's the same. Like, you can't step outside your comfort zone once and go, oh, well, I'm done now. You have to continuously do it because what your definition of your comfort zone is will change throughout your life. So it's kind of always being aware of what that is. And there's definitely nothing wrong with taking time to sit, sit within your comfort zone sometimes and maybe be a bit more I don't want to use the word stagnant um and maybe be a bit more content with exactly where you are at that time I don't think there's anything wrong with that in fact I don't actually think we always do that enough in life but there's also that fine line between then just becoming a little bit stagnant so continue to push yourself because when you do do those things you reap the rewards as well even if it doesn't go well I think there's still benefits to be had 
Yeah, I feel like that's actually a really important difference, though, because I totally agree. Like, you don't have to be constantly pushing and changing all the time. Being being content with where you are is really important. I think what the issue is, is if you're if it's the fear of failure or the fear of change, which is stopping you from moving forward, I think that's more of where the issue comes in and why you should be pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. Because if, I don't know, I've come across it so many times, like, at, I don't know, at old jobs or like with friends or family or just like people that I come like meet in life who just say, oh, oh I wish I could do this or I'm so unhappy doing this or I wish I could ask for a pay rise or like all of these different things. And it's, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. Why can't you do that? Like the worst thing that's going to happen is that the answer is no but it's that classic thing of if you don't ask or if you don't give it a go then you're actually never going to know the answer so you almost need to and I know we've spoken about it before on the worry and uncertainty episode but you need to acknowledge like what your fears are and how you're going to work to overcome them to take that step forward definitely I think so often in these situations the thing ultimately that could go wrong or kind of get hurt is your ego and yeah. I've definitely come to realise recently that that isn't a good enough excuse, at least for me anyway, to not do something. So I like I hate public speaking. I know that people, when I say that, people are like, but you have a podcast. It's different. I can't explain why, but it is. Um, <laughs> and for me, doing kind of public speaking, whether it's just like a presentation at work to a couple of people or a wider thing is really, really stressful for me. I kind of had a word with myself a few weeks ago. I was like, but what are you scared of? Like, why won't you step outside of this comfort zone? I realised I just, I didn't want my ego to get hurt, essentially. I was like, my God, that is such a, it's just not a substantial enough reason to not do something because the other side of it is that it could make, make me more successful and make me happier. So yes, maybe your ego is going to get dented if you step outside your comfort zone here and there. But I don't think that that is the rule of thumb. I think it's it's almost like doing a mental kind of weighing up of the pros and cons. Like, if you pull this off, what 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 successes and what are you going to achieve from this? Like, what's going to come from it? And other like other cons of it, are the possible like chances of failure? Are they significant enough for you to not go for it? And yeah. I think that's the way that you need to look at it because of course like with everything there's always a chance that something could go wrong that's just life like nothing is ever going to be completely smooth sailing every kind of decision you make things aren't going to be perfect all of the time but you just need to acknowledge that and say I'm going to try anyway like I mean I know I spoke about it with moving abroad and it was that was a massive step like leaving a job leaving the place I'd lived for my entire life yes that could so easily have gone wrong it could still go wrong but the regret of not having done it would be greater than like my successes from having given it a go and weighing that up in my head I was like "Mm, which one's more important to me giving it a go or just thinking oh what if I tried I think that's such a good point is that particularly sometimes when you step outside your comfort zone and it goes wrong um you can kind of think oh god I failed it's awful nothing good's going to come of this but in reality I think it's, it can still teach you something because it is that thing of if you've looked back and gone oh I wish I had tried to get that job or I wish I had pursued that other thing it, even if it went completely wrong if it was a total disaster 
at least you know you gave it your best shot and you tried and you just learn from it you go okay maybe this isn't something I need to push right now or maybe it's not an area that I need to work like it's not something I'm willing to kind of step outside ever again but you gave it a go and I think so often it's when you don't give it a go that you end up regretting something and you can't do anything about that and that's just not a good way to live yeah I totally agree I always think like trying and failing is better than regretting not even giving it a try but Definitely. Um, would it be useful um like do you have any examples maybe of when you've stepped outside of your comfort zone and it hasn't worked out um I think one that kind of springs to mind for me is when I went to Milan I did my first solo trip and there were things about that I loved and things about that that I'm a bit like eh not maybe not for me and I think one of the things that maybe wasn't entirely for me was staying in a hostel not because um I don't like hostels and I'd never stay in one again but it just kind of highlighted to me that long term it isn't my preferred way of traveling it was very outside my comfort zone to be staying in a brand new place with loads of people I didn't know and I think there are so many horror stories about staying in hostels I think a massive win for me doing that is it proved that a lot of those horror stories aren't true I can safely say that that was not my experience and it is a really useful way to travel but I think when I'm looking at like the rest of my life as it were it isn't going to be my first option of how to stay somewhere and it just highlighted to me what my priorities are and aren't um it's definitely not a case I'd never stay in a hostel again it's just that if I had the option of a hostel like if I'm going away with Alex and our options are hostel with like 12 beds in a dorm or a hotel of just the two of us I would feel better in the hotel but there are still so many learnings to take from that experience like a they're not terrifying and b actually the thing that is important to me is just having somewhere safe to rest my head rather than having like a really fancy beautiful gorgeous expensive hotel so yeah not great for me but also I learned a lot from it that's what I was just about to say like isn't that it's one of the almost cliche things that people say but it's so true like learning from like I don't want to say failures because that's not a failure but learning from the things that don't go right because you still learn something about yourself there you still learn something about the way that you like to travel and I think that's the case with anything like if you give something a go at work or with a new hobby or in a new relationship if you try something and it doesn't work out then one you know but two chances are you've probably learned something about yourself and either you can try again in a different way or you decide okay that's not the route I'm going to take now it's time to try something else definitely I think that's what's important isn't it is if you step outside your comfort zone and it doesn't go to plan don't see it as a failure just see it as a lesson this is literally what I've just done with I mentioned it the other week but doing giving the basketball a go yes that was that is such a good so, example of this. so far out of my comfort zone having played netball since I was six and then all of a sudden trying to play a sport that's actually full contact and you run absolutely everywhere and you can hit the ball out of people's hands and it's just the opposite of netball and I thought I'll give it a go give it a try meet some new people and it was definitely interesting um, <laughs> I gave it a go for a good few weeks it wasn't even just once I kept going back to give it a try I think I did it three or four times and I've just decided that it's not for me I am a netballer at heart but I'm pleased I gave it a go and I met some people as well and got some new friendships people that live on my road who I can like see again for like social events in the future so it's not like it's a lost cause I've decided that it's not for me but I've made some friends from it and just go back to netball like it in like the grand scheme of life you might see something like that as a failure like oh you just went back to but well no because I, I gave it a try and just learned that I'm not a basketballer 
But I think that's important. You kind of learn that your comfort zone of netball is your comfort zone because it makes you genuinely happy. And it's not that you play netball because you're stagnant and you don't want to do anything else. It's actually what makes you really happy. And that's really important. Yeah. So I think as well, it's really important that you touched on that you did it a couple of times. I think sometimes you can say, I don't like something after one attempt. And yeah. in fairness, sometimes that is all you need. But I think often you kind of have to give something a couple of goes to really work out whether you were just a bit nervous the first time or it was a certain situation or certain people. And then you can make a really like clear decision. Nope, this isn't for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, although I think it's really important, obviously we've used like loads of different examples, but like just to talk about the day-to-day things that because it is it is scary to try and get out of your comfort zone so I think it's important to look at the day-to-day things that you can maybe just include in everyday life to push yourself a little bit but it's not it's not quitting your job and moving to a different country out of your comfort zone but it's like a a step in kind of that direction to being more comfortable with trying something new what do you think are some ways that you could try and incorporate getting out of your comfort zone into daily life I think it's different for everyone I think you have to work out what is and isn't within your comfort zone to begin with but I think even little things like trying a new workout at home you don't have to join a new class it could just be that you've never I know you've never really done a hit workout before so you find one on YouTube and you give it a go or you try and start couch to 5k or maybe you have quite a limited diet and you think oh I would quite like to try new foods but it's you find that quite intimidating and quite stressful maybe it's just like you throw something random into your food shop this week and you try it because it's all those really little things that then get you into a habit of stepping outside your comfort zone in other ways as well yeah I think it is definitely just yeah it's all about changing the habits because that's that is what your comfort zone is essentially isn't it it's just it's habits that have become comfortable to you because they're like safe so I think I think just making like a conscious decision to not pick a safe choice. So it doesn't mean like doing something stupid, like don't put yourself in danger. It's a calculated risk. Yeah, just don't pick something that you would always pick. Pick something different on the menu. Uh, Take a different route home so you see something kind of new or interesting or like you said, try a different workout or like make a snap decision about something like, oh, I'm going to go and eat here tonight or let's go to the movies on a weeknight or I don't know just do something different that's not in your normal routine and it feels quite exciting because it's a change to your routine but it's not it's not got the prospect of failure it's just doing something fun and different yeah and again if you don't like it you never have to do it again yeah that's definitely definitely true and I think one that I tried to do since arriving here, and this one stresses me out the most. I don't know why, like of all the things I've tried, I don't know why this stresses me out the most, but it does because it makes me nervous what I'm agreeing to. But um, saying yes more often. So I like made a choice in my own mind that once I arrived here and meeting people and doing things, I would just say yes to stuff, which is how the basketball thing happened. But like any social things that happen, if someone says, do you want to go out for drinks? If someone says, do you want to go... I don't know go out of town this weekend or do you want to like meet up with someone off Instagram like things like that just say yes to things because you'll be surprised kind of the new opportunities that might open up it might even just be something at work like I don't know a new opportunity is presented to you to take on a project or volunteer with a different team it doesn't mean you're going to get a promotion and follow a different career path but 
it does mean you're doing something new and interesting that could lead somewhere else. Yeah, it, you never know what's going to come of it. And often I think good things will come of stepping outside your comfort zone in whatever way that is. And I think that's kind of the thing to focus on, isn't it? That something really great could happen. Yes, it might not go to plan. No, you might not love it. But actually, it's outside of your comfort zone and therefore you've probably not done it before. So giving it a go could open up something so amazing and you kind of owe it to yourself to see if that happens. Yeah, I think I saw a, um, it was a Venn diagram, which I really enjoyed. Well, kind of a Venn diagram, but um, it was looking at kind of the different levels of your comfort zone. So the first one is your comfort zone, like safe and in control. Then it's the fear zone where you're kind of finding excuses and like you've got low self-confidence. And then you kind of go into the learning zone where you're sort of facing new challenges and like, extending your original comfort zone and then after that is like the growth zone so that's where you kind of you realize what your new goals might be because you've stepped outside of the comfort zone and it was a really yeah it was a really interesting way to look at it I think it came from an article so we can leave that linked but yes I think definitely getting outside of your comfort zone or making conscious decisions too is a really good way to um it's a really good way to kind of push yourself towards more growth and progression in general like regardless of what area of your life it's in yeah and I think this isn't you know we've been talking specifically about being in your 20s and doing it I do think it's relevant at any age like whether you're a teenager whether you're in your 40s 50s 60s like I think if you get into a habit of stepping outside your comfort zone now it's easier to maintain that longer term and it's something that even if you don't do and you are a bit older it doesn't matter like just start doing it because I think at whatever point you start stepping outside your comfort zone you will see rewards from it yeah I think another actually really good easy example that I know we've both done is like going to the cinema on your own or eating in a restaurant yes. on your own that's a I really used to good hate one to try this. like I would when I was at uni for a day like studying if I didn't have anyone to eat with I wouldn't eat so I would eat when I left the house at like 7 30 and I wouldn't eat till I got home again because I was so like nervous of the idea of eating on my own and there were so many movies I never saw because I didn't want to sit there on my own and think people like people think I was weird do you know what I now love eating on my own and I love going to the cinema on my own I actively take myself to the cinema on my own because it's you know you're then not missing out because you don't have someone to do something with yeah and also what you said just there I think is really important like worrying about what other people think of you if you do something that's outside of your comfort zone like it's it's only kind of your own worries and fears that are making you feel nervous or afraid of it the reality is if you do something and whether it pans out or not regardless it's people don't people don't care like the people in the cinema or the people in the restaurant it doesn't affect them you're never going to see them again this is something you're doing for you not for them like yeah yeah I just think it's really important to even if things don't work out say if you do try a presentation at work and it doesn't go to plan or I don't know if you stumble over your your words and it's the kind of thing that you think about for hours afterwards and you lie awake in bed thinking about actually no again it goes back to you should be celebrating that you gave it a go and chances are the people in the meeting didn't notice that you did that or they won't remember it by tomorrow that's yeah so on this I think this is a really interesting well not even interesting but just a really lovely way to think of things I was listening to an episode of happy place this week um and Fern Cotton was interviewing Jessica Ennis-Hill and she was saying that before like a tournament or what's it called it's not a tournament is it what is it like a what like a race 
yeah before like she got onto the athletics course and did something I'm really sporty can you tell um, <laughs> her coach would say to her remember you have 80,000 friends out there wanting you to do well as basically a way of reframing the idea that there are 80,000 people out there watching her and I thought that's yeah. so true because so often in life like when you're in a meeting and you're presenting people in the room want you to do well and just generally in life, when you step outside your comfort zone, people want you to do well. Like People don't want you to fall flat on your face. If they do, then that's their problem, not yours. Um, but I just thought it was such a good way of reframing something and taking yeah. a more positive spin on it. Yeah, because people aren't, unless they're a horrible person, in which case you don't need them in your life anyway, but people aren't trying to trip you up. Like It's only your own like you said your own fear and your own ego that are getting in the way so reframing it and thinking I'm doing this for me and other people are supporting me is actually a really nice way to think about it definitely but I feel like that covers um this topic for this week I know that we both um have some very strong feelings on getting outside of your comfort zone (laughs) and it's something that we've been a lot more aware of the last few years um last few years maybe the last couple of years yeah Um, couple of years is fairer I think (laughs) Um, but as always, we'd also love to hear um, your stories about getting out of your comfort zone or your suggestions or your experiences of getting outside of your comfort zone. Um, you can, as always, you can contact us um, via email, which is 20sarehard at gmail.com. Or get in touch via our Instagram page, which is at 20sarehard or facebook.com forward slash 20sarehard. And don't forget that you can listen to us on Spotify, Acast and Apple Podcasts. And please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe if you've enjoyed this episode or any of our other episodes because it helps other people discover our podcast and we'll love you lots for it. We will, but we'll speak to you soon and have a good couple of weeks. Bye. Bye.